Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. Its in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. We give you praise. We give you honor. Lift up your hands, everybody, and speak in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to start off with uh, the lay ministry and the mega church. Pastors, look at me, every pastor here. This morning, God is giving into your hands a powerful key that will change your ministry forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A powerful key that is going to change your ministry forever. How many pastors are here? Let me see your hand. You are a pastor. You are a pastor. Amen. Yes. Now, one of the most powerful keys for growing a mega church and expanding the ministry that God has given to you is the key of lay ministry. Lay ministry. What do I mean by lay ministry? When I talk about lay ministry, I am talking about deploying in your church. I am talking about deploying in your church. Alright? The church members that God has given to you. Training them, equipping them, encouraging them, motivating them, and sending them to help with the work of ministry that God has given to you. Now, who is a lay pastor or a lay minister? A lay pastor or a lay minister is a church member who does his or her own work and at the same time takes active part in the ministry. That's the work of God. So, in our churches, God has blessed us with teachers, with students, with traders, market women, farmers, doctors, engineers, lawyers, uh, policemen, soldiers. Do you understand it? All kinds of people are in our churches. Now, most of these people work as professionals or they work for themselves. These same people 
can be trained by the pastor, by the bishop, by the overseer of the church. They can be trained to study the scriptures. They can be trained to preach, to teach, to lay hands on the sick, to visit people, to counsel the members, the members to start cell groups in the church, to plant churches, to go on missions. So whilst they are doing their work, they work in the morning from about 8 or 8.30 to the evening 5 p.m. Then in the evenings, when they come home, they engage in the work of the ministry as pastors, as missionaries, as cell workers, or whatever department they are assigned to. And those types of people are what I'm referring to as the lay pastors and the lay ministers. Now, one of the greatest tragedies that has happened in our churches is the fact that most pastors have eliminated this large group of people from the work of the ministry. Most pastors have eliminated them. And it is a tragedy because by eliminating them, we have removed a large army of people who could have helped in building, in progressing, and in developing our churches. Can I have an amen? amen. That is why it is a tragedy. The lay ministry, is it, a, is it biblical? Is it biblical? The lay ministry is completely biblical. Hallelujah. Now, the first reason why it is biblical is because under the New Testament, all Christians have been called to serve the Lord. In the Old Testament, only a group of people in a particular family, the Levites, that Aaron and his sons and their descendants had to become priests. But in the, in the New Testament, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16, and Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14, that many are called. Many, under the New Testament covenant, many are called. Can I have an amen? Yeah, I'm okay. Many are called. Hallelujah. So, unlike the Old Testament covenant, every Christian is called to serve the Lord. Lift up the right hand. Say, I am called. I am called. I am not only saved, but I am also called to do the work of the ministry. 
Hallelujah. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, the scripture says, He has made us priests to the Lord. Hallelujah. And had made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. So all Christians under the new covenant are priests to the law. This is the first reason why the lay ministry is biblical. Number two, the lay ministry is biblical because we can find examples. One of the greatest examples of the lay ministry in the Old Testament was prophet Daniel. Daniel was a prophet and he served under three different kings. Amen. As a member of parliament and as vice president, he said, you remember that they said to him, do not pray to any other God. But the Bible says that Daniel went and he opened his windows and he prayed three times to his God. Hallelujah. He was a man of God. He was a prophet. It is true that the prophecies of Daniel that we know a lot about end time events. So he was a prophet. But at the same time, he was working in the secular world as a vice president, as a member of parliament. So we see the lay ministry played out clearly in the life of Daniel in the Old Testament. When we come to the New Testament, a very good example of a lay minister was Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul planted churches all over the then world. And he wrote almost two-thirds of the whole of the New Testament. And Apostle Paul was a lay minister. He went as a tent maker to look after himself whilst planting churches and doing the work of the ministry. Now come with me to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, I want to read from the NIV. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There, he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, take note, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Paul 
was a tent maker. He used to build tents. So when he met Apila and Prisla, who were also tent makers, he went to join himself to them and, and worked with them. And later on, he explained to the church how he did ministry. Come with me to Acts chapter 20 and verse 33. converted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. Verse 34. You yourself know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. Are you you understanding that? This is Paul speaking. He said, I have not converted anyone's money, anyone's gold, anyone's silver. I've not depended on anybody. I've not asked anybody to give me anything as I've been serving the Lord. He said, you yourself know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs. These hands. Look at me. When somebody says, these hands of mine have supplied me, I've been working with these hands. So Paul said, I have been working with these hands. I've been making tents and, and making money to look after myself. These hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. So what Paul was saying, that as you have seen me going about planting churches, preaching, healing the sick, traveling, I've been doing that at my own expense. That is the lay ministry. That is the lay ministry. And later on, he encouraged the church to follow the same example. Come with me to Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and from verse 6. Hallelujah. Are we there? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. Verse 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7. For you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling, so that we will not be a burden to any one of you. How many of you understand it? So Paul was explaining that as 
he has been doing the ministry. He said, I've been laboring night and day and toiling and working hard to find a way of living whilst at the same time doing the work. Hallelujah. So the lay ministry is a biblical way of doing ministry. And therefore, if you are a pastor and you are not deploying, if you are a pastor and you are not deploying your lay people in the church, then, listen to me, you are not following the biblical pattern of doing church. You are not following the biblical pattern of doing church. So in the ministry, there are two types of ministers. There are full-time ministers. There are full-time ministers because there are many things that lay ministers or lay pastors cannot do. Cannot do. When, when, you, when there's a problem, you know, in the day, the lay pastor cannot go because the lay pastor is sitting at the office. But a full-time pastor is available all the time. So there's, there's a need for full-time ministers who concentrate fully, who pray the whole day, who have all the time to concentrate on the ministry. That is true. But it is also true that there can be lay people sitting down in the church who can be trained to help the full-time pastors. And a combination of full-time ministry and lay ministry is what makes the ministry a more fruitful ministry. So living where? From today, we are launching into lay ministry in this church. You didn't clap for that. Give a wonderful clap offering. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, great historical achievements were carried out by lay people. Yes. Great historical achievements were carried out in the world. Now, let's look at some of the great achievements in the church world. In the church world. Alright. Can I have a, a copy of Lycos? I asked for one. Okay. Lay people were the pillars of the great reformation of the church. How many of you have heard about the great reformation before? The great reformation. Okay. The great reformation was uh, uh, basically, you know, a protest against what was going on in the Catholic Church, the way, the way salvation was taught. For example, you have to pay money to be saved. Uh, you could pay money for your dead relative instead of going to hell to be considered. You know, you first go to a, a purgatory, you know, and if you, if you pay money, you go to purgatory and then to be considered, you can go to hell, you can go to heaven. So many things. You know, ordinary people did not have access to the scriptures. So Martin Luther and some people rose up. Do you understand? To say, no, this is not the, the word of God. This is not how to do the church. Okay? And so they fought. And together with ordinary people, you know, reformed. Brought a reformation. Now, that way, 
was greatly carried out by lay people. Matthew Luther's translation of the Bible into the language of the common people changed the world. Instead of just being in Latin, the Bible was made more accessible to the common people. Once the common or the lay people had revelation knowledge in their hands, they changed the world. Realizing that salvation was available to all men through the grace of God, they rose up and championed what we know today as the Reformation. So the great Reformation, out of which has come the Protestant churches, the, the, the Presbyterian church, the Anglican church, the Methodist church, and all these churches, right, was greatly promoted by lay people. Number two, lay people are the pillars of the great Methodist church. Lay people are the pillars of the great Methodist church. By the middle of the 20th century, Methodism was the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. The great Methodist church has ridden on the backs of lay people. A very, a very early tradition of preaching in the Methodist churches was for a lay preacher to be appointed to lead services of worship and preach in a group of churches called a circuit. The lay preacher walked or rode on horses back in a prescribed circuit of the preaching places according to an agreed pattern and time. After the appointment of ministers and pastors, this lay preaching tradition continued with Methodist local preachers being appointed by individual churches and in turn approved and invited by nearby churches as an adjunct to the minister or during their planned absences. So the great Methodist church eh, was built upon the foundation of lay preachers. And as at as, as now, when you go to the Methodist church, they have lay preachers. Yes. And the Methodist church is found everywhere. I don't know about your country, but when you come to Ghana, you go to every village, the Methodist church is there. And they don't need an ordained man of God. They need a lay preacher. And the churches are all over. Preaching is taking place. Soul winning is taking place. Uh, the work of God is being done by ordinary people. I see you becoming a powerful lay minister. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Number three. Lay people were the pillars of the largest single church in the world. Lay people were the pillars of the largest single church in the world. One of the foundational principles on which the Yoido Full Gospel Church is built is the principle of working through lay people. The Yoido Full Gospel Church, founded by David Yonggi Cho and his mother-in-law, Choi Jashel, both Assemblies of God pastors, held its maiden worship service on May 15, 1958, with four other ladies in the house of Choi Jashel. Membership of the church had reached 50,000 by 
1977, a figure that doubled in only two years. On 30th November 1981, membership topped 200,000. By this time, it was the largest single congregation in the world and was recognized as such by the Los Angeles Times. In 2007, its membership stood at 830,000 with seven Sunday services translated into 16 languages. Hallelujah. And when you go there, alright, most of the ministers are lay pastors. Especially women. Especially women. Do you understand it? So, if we want to build a mega church, we cannot afford to have our lay people just sitting in the church as ordinary church members. And that is why I said, God is giving you a powerful tool that if you can receive, it will change your ministry forever. Hallelujah. Number four. Lay people are the pillars of huge networks of churches originating from Nigeria and Ghana. Both the redeemed Christian church of God with its home in Nigeria and the church of Pentecost with its headquarters in Ghana are known to make good use of lay people. Both of these ministries have huge networks of churches and regularly employ the services of lay people for preaching and pastoring. Amen. The church of Pentecost was founded by James McKeon, an Irish missionary sent by the Apostolic Church, Branford, UK, to the then Gold Coast. It has grown to have a membership of over 1.7 million members. The Church of Pentecost has over 13,000 churches in 70 countries across all the continents of the world. In 1952, Pa Josiah Akida Yomi founded the Redeemed Christian Church of Ghana in Nigeria. Under the leadership of its general overseer, Reverend E.A. Adiboye, it has grown to have churches in more than 140 countries with millions in attendance. The Redeemed Church of God, I think once a month, on a Friday, they have what they call, uh, how do they call it? Holy Ghost Night. All right? And when they gather, six million people gather. Yeah. They have built a new, uh, is it tent or something? Company tent. And understand that, understand it's like two miles. When, listen to this. During those services, when they take offerings, the offerings are put in trucks and brought to the front. When you give your life to Christ, you sit in trucks and then you come to the front. And this redeemed church of God is pastored largely by lay people. Largely by lay people. They have full-time pastors, yes, but they also have a large army of lay pastors. I see you becoming a powerful lay pastor. I said, I see you becoming a powerful lay pastor. Yes. We are going to train you in this church. We are going to lay our hands on you 
You are going to continue to work as a banker, work as a trader, work as a teacher, be a student, but in the evenings and the weekends, you are going to pastor a church. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Great achievements in the secular world by lay people. Great achievements in the secular world by lay people. The great government system of democracy was birthed through lay people. Democracy is giving common people the opportunity to act and change the government if they wish. Democracy is a common man's power to refuse to live under unacceptable conditions. Democracy is a common man's participation and influence in a country. Democracy is built upon the principle of equal opportunity given to all common people. So, democracy, look, when the people say, we don't like you, that is it. People's power. So, ordinary people can be very powerful if they are equipped and trained very well. Hallelujah. Alright? The great superpower, America, was born and built through lay people. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. But I'm citing all these examples for you to know that the lay ministry is a very important ministry. Yes. If you deny yourself of the lay ministry, you are denying yourself probably of about 60 to 70% of the potential of ministry. Lighthouse Chapel International, my denomination, is basically a lay ministry. Out of the 2,000 pastors that we have, 70% of them are lay pastors. 70% of them. 70% of them are lay pastors. And we continue to deploy lay pastors. Bishop Dad, the founder of the church, himself started a church when he was in fourth year of medical school. So as he was studying, and if you have been to medical school before, medical school is very diff- different from many other courses. It's very challenging. It's very involving. The textbooks are very fat. You know, a lot of lectures, a lot of practical work. It's a very, very busy course. Amen. I, I'm a trained doctor myself, so I know what I'm talking about. And can you imagine that in the midst of all that, during his fourth year, he still made time to start a church. That church that he started in a little classroom is what is today an international ministry. Found in over 26 countries, 3,000 branches, 2,000 persons, sister bishops, buildings and properties all over with the largest Bible school in Ghana. It started from a little classroom with a lay pastor. That is the potential of the lay ministry. May the Lord grant you the grace and the humility and the wisdom to enter into this powerful ministry. 
Can I amen? I served as a lay minister for 14 years. For 14 years, I served as a lay minister. I was practicing as a doctor and doing ministry. I remember my schedule as if it was yesterday. I will leave the house and go to the hospital. Typically, I will close around about five, then drive from there to go and do ministry. Yes. To go and preach, to go and do visitation, to go and do counseling, to go and do conventions, crusades. I did it for, for 14 years, during which I started a couple of churches. In fact, three of the churches that I started today are being pastored by bishops. The three of the churches that I started and I was involved in the pioneering today are being pastored by bishops. And I did that for 14 years. Before the Lord said, it's okay now. It's time for you to not give part of your time, but to give all your time to serve me. So then the Lord moved me into full-time ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you can understand what we are talking about? All right. So I am teaching you on why the lay ministry. Why is the lay ministry important? The lay ministry is important because it is biblical. The lay ministry is important because uh, great achievements, historical achievements in the church world and in the secular world were carried about by lay people. Another reason why the lay ministry is important is because since lay ministry is a voluntary ministry, a voluntary ministry, the church's income can be available for other ministry developments. Now, this is a very powerful point. Now, when I talk about the lay ministry, I want you to understand me very clearly. Because some people say they do lay ministry, but that's not the type of lay ministry I'm talking about. When I talk about lay ministry, I am talking about the members being trained to do ministry free of charge. Free, let's have the right hand. Say, I will serve the Lord free of charge. Now, I've heard, you know, churches. I've heard about churches that do lay ministry. And then they give, listen, they give, so for example, if you pastor a church, at the end of the month, you take transport allowance. You take transport allowance. Some give uh, petrol allowance and things like that. The type of lay ministry that I am talking about is zero, zero payment. Everybody say zero payment. Zero payment. Now, you ask yourself, Bishop, so, which money will I use? Your work. Your work. Who gave you the work? Who made you a doctor? Who made you a nurse? Who made you a teacher? Who made you a farmer? Who gave you the, the promotion that you have? So, your doctor, your nurses pay, your teachers pay, is the money God has given to you 
to do his work. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. Listen, pastors, stop paying people for doing things in the church. Okay? Apart from a few full-time people that are very essential to you, all other people must serve the Lord voluntarily at no charge. Who is the guy who is doing the video? Where is he? Call him right now. I want to see him. The video guy, where is he? He was taking the video. You. Are you paid? Yeah, you better, you better shake your head. We will pay you. Who pay? Look, is he paid? Are you paid? Yeah. What, what about the keyboardist? Bishop, you pay the keyboardist? Eh? Sorry? He works in the office. He's a full-time minister. Yeah, that's different. Anybody who is doing something in the church, we should not we should not pay you to play the drums. Okay. We don't need drums in the church. We don't need drums in the church. We don't need keyboard in the church. We must not pay you to lead the choir. We must not pay you. We must not pay. You see, pastors, that is why you don't have money in your churches. That is why you don't have money in your churches. You pay the usher. The usher that is asking people into the church, you pay. The person who brings water to the pastor, you pay. The drama is paid. Keyboardist is paid. Video man is paid. Sound technicians who are controlling the sound. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Changing the, the tops of the mic are paid. Everybody is paid. So the offering is finished. The cleaners are paid. Listen, we should pay you to play the drums. Are you the one who plays the drums? Sit down. Play the drums. We should pay you to do this. Are you paid? You better shake your head. Listen to me, pastors. Listen to me, pastors. Listen to me, pastors. That is why you don't have money. I was telling Apostle King, we have over 150 churches in the United States of America. Over 150. Bishop, we have four employees, four times. The bishop who is in charge, his personal administrator, and two other people. It's finished. Over 150. America, if on Sunday they take an offering, or even a month, and each of the church's income is $1,000, multiply it by 150. Multiply it. And out of all that, only four people need to be paid. 
the rent of only four people, the salaries of only four people. So what happens to the rest of the money? The rest of the money becomes available for you to send people to missions, for you to build orphanages, for you to do church planting, for you to put up church buildings, for you to buy lands, for you to develop the church. That is why Lighthouse Chapel International is expanding at the speed of light. Yes. Can you imagine that? At my cathedral, God has blessed up a huge cathedral with thousands of people. On a Sunday, big income. Big income. I have a few full-time staff. I have over 20, 20 something pastors. Out of that, only a few, about four or so, are full-time. All the rest are lay pastors. And they are working. Bishop Lagarde, the pastor that has been communicating with you, that's a lay pastor. That's a lay pastor. God is explaining to you why you must go into lay ministry. It's even getting worse. Say, it is getting worse. Now, some of you pastors in full-time ministry today, you must resign and become lay pastors. Look, you have a church of 40 people, 50 people, 60 people, 70 people. They don't need a full-time pastor. You can pastor a 40-member church, a 50-member church, a 60-member church as a lay pastor. Find a job and do. Find a job and do. And pastor that church. We have lay pastors with churches of 400 members. 400 members. Lay pastors. 400 members. And they are not paid a cent. Our lay pastors rather give a lot of money to the church. They pay their tithes. They are always giving money. That is why you are poor. I'm explaining to you, Pastor, why you are poor. Because on Sunday, when you take the offering, you get 50,000 leo. The usher gets 2,000. This one gets 5,000. The one who sells the water gets 2,000. Those who do catering get 3,000. Everybody gets 1,000 something. something. By the time you finish, the money is finished. Hello? Who is the pastor from Gambia or, or Guinea? Who is the pastor? Stand up. You are from where? Eh? Gambia. Are you a full-time pastor? How many people do you have in your church? Sorry? Yes. You are a full-time pastor. When you go, go and look for a job. Look for a job. And do it and build a church. I'm not joking at all. I'm not joking. Look for a job. Resign. And you are not resigned for full time ministry. You are look, we have 
We have mission. Why are they stand up? Yes. Come. Come. Come to the front. These are all young missionaries, graduates from the university and from the Bible school. They finished university. They went to different universities in Ghana. And after that, they came to the Bible school to be trained, to become missionaries. So they have come to Leone as full-time missionaries. Where are you? McKinney. Huh? McKinney. McKinney? Yeah. Does the church pay you? At all. We don't pay you? No. No, please. So how do you live? I work. Where? I'm uh, SOS International School. And they pay you? They pay me. And you do the church? I do. How many people do you have in your church? Um, 60 people. 60 people. How long have you been here? This is uh, uh, a year now. Your one year. He's working. Watch. No, there's no need to clap. There's nothing to clap about. I'm just, I'm just giving you examples. Otherwise, you'll not understand the message that I'm preaching. Yes. We send him here. We, all that we did was to buy his ticket. And bring him. And he came here. We threw him into the ocean. And we said, learn to swim. <laughs> Learn to swim. Eh? This one, you have a church right here in Freetown. Jui, eh? Yeah, Jui. Jui. How much do we pay you every month? Lighthouse Chapel International, how much do we pay you? At all, nothing. Nothing? Yes. Not even one cent? Nothing at all. Nothing. How do you live? I'm finding a job to do. You're finding a job. He doesn't even have a job. He's finding a job. There are four. All these four, they are working together. So they try to survive. I, I'm saying, this one has a job. When he gets salary, then he gives them small, small. They are there. <laughs> but watch them. Watch them. Watch them. They are going to see how God is going to prosper them. And you know, do you know what we do for them? As Light Touch Chapel International. Already we have bought lands. Have we bought a land for you? Bought land. That is what Lighthouse. I told you that when you keep the income, then you can use the income to develop the church. So, he doesn't, when is he going to, when is he going to accumulate money to buy a land? Land is very expensive. So we have bought land for him. Not only that, we are going to build a church building for him and put chairs and equipment and instruments in it for him. All that he needs to do is to arrive, find a job, start the church and pastor it. Then now, because we are not paying him, all the monies we are not paying this on, we can gather them together and use to build a church building for him, to buy equipment for him. Yes. How many of you understand that? So, thank you. So, Bishop, we are going to select a lot of the people. Those of you who said you want to work for God yesterday, we are going to train you. Yeah. We are going to send you. When we send you, we will call you to the front, we will lay our hands on you, and send you. We fought. We fought. We fought. 
When Jesus was sending the disciples, what did he say? He said, go. But he said, go. He didn't give the money, but he said, I'll give you something. What was it? He said, and look, I will be with you. I will be with you. Amen. People are saying in their head, where did Bishop Jolly bring this man from? We don't like such messages. We don't like such messages. Do you know what I sense? I sense that living word, your days of explosion has come. Yeah. How does God help us to bear fruit? He prunes us. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes it. So God is pruning us. Some of the way we have been doing ministry, we have to change. We have to change some of the ways we have been doing ministry. Some of the styles, some of the emphasis, some of the focus. And you see, let me tell you something. In ministry, if you want to do well, you have to be flexible in the hands of God. God says, 10 years, 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 10 years. If you do that, you'll be blessed. But if you are stiff, eh? the Bible says that better is a wise um, man than an old fool who cannot be admonished. An old, an old foolish king who cannot be admonished. God will bend you this way. Will bend you this way. Because after all, he is building his church. Jesus said, I am building my church. It's not your church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. So allow him to build it. So where we have reached, if we are going to become great, if we are going to become mighty, if we are going to become populous, Bishop Tanya and the few pastors cannot carry the ministry anymore. It is time for all hands on deck. And all those of you who are in other ministries, pastors from other churches, that is why God brought you here to receive this wisdom. Go and do the same thing in your churches. Go and do the same thing. In between last year and this year, I've sent out 82 lay people to start churches. 82. That is one group. And just in February, and just in February, all right, I gathered another over 200. I, I sent you a picture of that. I sent you a picture of that when I was having it. Yes. I gathered them and trained them to go and start, I'm talking about lay people, to go and start churches all over Ghana. All over Ghana. Give me my phone. All over Ghana. 
We are not teaching you theories. We are teaching you the things that God, the wisdom that God has given to us. You see, mighty works are done through wisdom. Mark chapter 6. Look at Mark chapter 6. Look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mighty works. Lift up your right hand. Say, if I want to do mighty works, I must walk in the wisdom of God. Yes. We are not teaching you theories. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6. I'm waiting for the scripture. Right. Now, this morning, this morning, I sent a WhatsApp message to a group of people. Apostle King, all right, I said, I said, you can see it. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Please give me a feedback. See, we are not teaching you theory, so. We are teaching you. Please give me a feedback on whether or not you started your new branches. Answer as follows. Number one, name of main mission. Number two, I've started one, two, three branches. Number three, list the new branch or branches. And number four, give reasons if you have not yet started. Now watch this. Look at the answers. Okay. I've started. Satan doesn't want us to. I've started two branches. Can you see that? I've started how many branches? Three branches. This is another person. I've started four, three branches. Out of? Out of uh, three. three. I've started two out of three branches. And then they list the branches. Okay. Okay. I've started three branches. And this one? Two branches. I've started four. Four branches. You can see that. Give me a mic. Four. I've started four branches. You can see that. Another person. I've started two branches. A long list. Four branches. Took a long list. Now, this list that I'm talking about is 188 missions. 188 missions. And everybody said, I've started two branches. I've started four branches. I've started three branches. Let's even take it a minimum of one branch. One new branch. Okay, so since I sent them out in February, minimum they started 188 branches. And all of them are by lay ministers. Listen, these missions were 117 missions. So from February to now, I've added another 188 to them. And all of them, lay pastors, I am not paying any, any person. I like the Nigerian one, Ekobo. 
Bishop, that's the power. That's the power of the lay ministry. It's the power of the lay ministry. And, and all of them are taking offerings. They're going to take offerings. They're going to take offerings. If they all take offerings, and the offering is 1,000 leo times 188, that is 188,000. Every week, which they don't touch, because they don't use it to pay themselves. The money sits in the bank. Pastors, I don't understand why you are poor. God is showing you the reason why you are poor. That is why I'm saying that there are pastors here. You must resign for food. If you have 50 people, 70 people, 50. 20 people, 25 people, you have no business in full-time ministry. You have no business in full-time ministry. You are wasting your time. You are wasting your resources. You are wasting everything. Get a job and build that church. When the church grows and the responsibilities become a lot, then now you translate yourself into full-time ministry. And stop paying people in the church. All pastors, write it down. Write it down. From today, I have stopped paying people in the church. Write it down. Sign. Put the date there. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Write it in capitals. From today, I have stopped paying media people, ashes, uh, photographers, drummers, uh, technical people, uh, uh, bodyguards. Look at you. You have a church of 30 people. Five of them are your bodyguards. You are not serious. Are you a prime minister or who are you? Get to the job. Sir, and the bodyguards you are paying them also. Look at you. Look at you. You look funny. You look very funny. Give me two H. Give me three H. Pastors, I'm waiting. I'll be waiting. Where's your, where's your listen? Ah. ah. You are not being paid. You are a lay pastor. Wow. What work do you do? I'm a customer service. Customer service. And you do your own, so you do that work and then you are also pastoring. Yeah. That's an example. And then Pastor Day me is also an example. I'm happy to see examples already. Yes. Majority of the people should not be paid. Pastors, I'm waiting for, I'm coming to inspect. From today. From, have you written it? Uh, who has written it? And then you put today's date. What is today's date? Eh? 8 March 2007. And sign, and sign. Sign, and then the next pastor by you, let him sign as a witness. God is changing your ministry. I said, God is changing your ministry. I said, God is changing your ministry. Give the Lord a shout. In Accra, in Accra alone, I oversee close to 100 churches. In Accra alone. Accra and the surrounding areas. 
Now, out of all those churches, only four churches, alright, eh? four, Sotum, Kokobite, Santa Maria, Spintes, and then my cathedral, five, only five, have four times that that are paid. And even that, they pay themselves. They have enough money. The pastor that I came with, Reverend Eric, he's one of them. He's building a cathedral now of an office block. He pays himself. That is why our ministry is rich. I will not lie to you. Lila Chapel International is rich. I like to invite you to come and see the Bible school that we have built. It was built without donation from America, from days, from days, the UN, uh, this, no. The resources from the church. Our churches, all across the world, we come together and then we build. But you are poor. Because you are using the church's income to pay bodyguards. We have 30 member church. We have 5 bodyguards. One is carrying your iPad. One is carrying your phone. You cannot carry your phone. You can't carry your phone. You are funny. You are funny. How many of you understand the word of God? How many pastors are going to move into lay ministry? Are you going to encourage your members to go into lay ministry? And you yourself, if the church is small, resign and pastor the church. Ah, that's my good friend. How are you? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a wonderful clap offering. So, just before I move to the next point, those of you, Bishop is going to train. Because we are going to train you. We are going to, you are going to start branches. Do we need branches in Freetown? We need Yes. So we are going to send you. We need cell leaders. We need even people that must move from here. Okay. And go to other countries like my brother. Yes. Go to other countries. See, he's doing very well. As he's there battling and building the church in another country. That's a blessing. Clap your hands for him. So some of you should move. Some of you should move. Even to other countries. We have, we have countries in the world where certain types of professionals are needed, like doctors, like nurses, like teachers. So sometimes, when we hear of such countries, we train our lay people who have this profession, and then we send them. So they arrive there, they get a job, the person is working as a doctor, earning money, and then doing the church. We have so many international missions like that. How many of you are receiving the wisdom? Are you receiving the wisdom or you are rejecting the wisdom? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Do you know what God is doing to us today? He's killing us so that He can use us. I say He's killing us so that He can. Jesus. Amen. Number four. Number four. 
Number four. If we do not allow volunteers to work in the ministry, if you do not allow volunteers to work in the ministry, you will kill the Christian principle of sacrifice in the church. You will kill the Christian principle of sacrifice in the church. If as a pastor, you do not allow volunteers to work in the ministry, you will kill the Christian principle of sacrifice in the church. What did Jesus say in Matthew 16, 24? Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. The cross speaks of suffering and dying. Hallelujah. Hello? The cross speaks of suffering and dying. Pain. Sacrifice. The reason why there is no power in the church is because there is no sacrifice. Sacrifice is the source of power. Look, Juju men, they do a lot of sacrifice. Our brothers on the other side, they sacrifice themselves all the time. That is why their religion is expanding. Yes, it's expanding. They tell other nations, you want to live, but we want to die. The reason why our churches are not growing, our ch- there's no church planting, there's no church growth, there's no mission, it's because the Christian virtue of sacrifice, give us something, deny yourself something, forgo something, suffer by the cause of Christ, has been thrown out of the window. And, and it is the fault of the pastors. We the pastors. Because for years, we have been standing in the pulpit, preaching the people, be blessed, have more money, go abroad, I see increase, I see growth, I see your 24 wives, I see your seven husbands, I see your cars, you are driving the best car, you are living in the best place. We have been pumping this into the heads of our members for years upon years upon years and upon years. And as the shepherds, so are the sheep. So our people, they don't like to move. They don't like to give up anything. But brothers and sisters, the church was founded on the foundation of the sacrifice of the Son of God. Yes. I have to sacrifice. I had to sacrifice my medical career to be here. To be a doctor is one of the noblest professions anywhere in the world. In fact, in fact, after this, after this conference, I can go to the Ceylonian Medical Association and register, and I can practice in this country. And right here, I can set up a hospital, I will make a lot of money. Because I know you don't have a lot of doctors. Just like we don't have a lot. So you need me here. You need me right here. God gave me a big hospital. Large. We, I was making so much money. (laughs) 
I was making so much money. Every month. Every month. The hospital was always full. I had a lot of money at the bank. Every month. I drove all kinds of big cars. I never went to the petrol filling station. No. I would tell my manager, there's no petrol in the car, please go and let them fill. And at the end of the month, I'll ask him, how much is it? Sign a check and go and pay. I never knew the price of will. And the Lord told me, give it up. I remember, there's no need to come. I, I remember earlier in the 90s, Bishop Doug was standing on the stage like this. And I went to him and I said, Bishop, I really admire the anointing on your life. I want to be like you. I desire the anointing on your life. He put his hand on my shoulder like this. And he said, it is very good. But you have to pay the same price that I paid. You have to pay the same price. He said, I laid down my medical profession. You have to do the same. You see in your own pastors of today, when you see Bishop Lager, you see Bishop Sam Jolly, Bishop, lay your hands upon me and then let me catch the anointing upon you. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah? Yes. For three years, nobody could buy my hospital. Because I bought professional valuers. They value the hospital. It cost millions of Ghana money. And nobody could buy it. And for all those three years, I'll go to the bishop. We'll find different ways. What should I do so that I can come? What should I do? One of the things that finally I wanted to do was to employ a doctor and give him shares. I wanted to give the doctor 40% shares. So I go. So the doctor will be there, run the hospital. At the end of the year, whatever profits we make, he gives you 60% and then he gives 40%. I'll sit in the hospital and I'll get angry that there are more patients because I wanted to run away to go and preach. The desire to preach, the desire to do the work of God consumed me. It consumed me. Can you imagine an, an owner of a hospital? I will leave the hospital for one month, travel around Ghana to go and preach. It was a clear sign that I didn't belong to the hospital anymore. But you think that it is easy to give up a hospital? 17 bed capacity, VIP ward, surgical theater, x-ray department, heart examination machine, scan machine, laboratory, 40 clients, some of the biggest companies in Ghana, 30 staff, nurses, medical assistants, doctors who come and do local, ambulance, add an ambulance. Had an ambulance. If there was somebody I needed to refer, it took six minutes from my hospital to the teaching hospital. You think it's easy? It was not easy. One time I went to my spiritual father, Bishop Dad. I said, Bishop, I really need to come. I really need to come. He looked at me. He said, Pastor Antefo, there's only one thing. If you are really serious to come to serve the Lord in full time, you have to dash that hospital. You have to dash it. You have to dash it. Give it out. Let it go. Let it go. Elisha, take your oxen. Cut them into pieces. 
Make them into kebabs. Give them to people to eat and come and follow Elijah. If any man will come after me, if any woman will come after me, if any young man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Take up his cross. If you want to follow the Lord, you must take up your cross. You must be ready to go through pain and suffering. You have to pay the price. You have to pay the price. You are a young beautiful lady, but you must take your Bible and go to the streets and for the name of Jesus Christ to preach. That is why the church is finished. There is no more sacrifice. Everybody wants to be rich. Everybody is looking for money. Especially we the pastors. We the pastors. We are the cause of it. Pastors, that's the truth. We want money. We want to be rich. But you see, that's why you are not rich. Because God will look into your heart and see your wrong motive and he will not bless you. He will not bless you. Brother, you have to deny yourself. Yes. Lay it down. Bishop advised me. He encouraged me. Because he saw. He said, I was an unusual lay pastor. When, when I started full-time ministry, many people would ask me, what else do you want to do? Because as a lay pastor, I was like a church mouse. I spent all my, t- my time in church. But I wanted to give my all, my 24 hours, my intelligence, my abilities, my everything. If I were a lay pastor, I cannot be standing here. But now I should be sitting in the hospital, writing prescriptions for paracetamol and other things. Bishop Johnny cannot invite me to be here. No. When he tells me, come in the morning, I can come. Come in the afternoon, I can come. Come at night, I can come. Come at dawn, I can come. Because I'm a full-time minister. I went to a doctor. He had a little clinic, and I brought him. I said, do you like this hospital? Said, I like it. I said, can you give me something small and have it? And that was the end. I walked away. Even after he had taken over, you know, for the first about one year, I used to go and visit him just to find out how he was doing. Then I realized that every time I went to see him, before I left, he said, Oh, Bishop, this is a little gift for you. Then he would sign a check. I said to myself, That's not the reason why I've been coming here. So I didn't step there again. I have not been there for about 10 years. Somebody was telling that now, out of that hospital, he has built another bigger hospital. But none of that moved me. Hallelujah. None of that moved me. None of that moved me. That is why I'm here today. That's why I'm here today. Sacrifice! Whosoever keepeth his life shall lose it, but whosoever will give his life for my sake shall find it. Rather choose God. 
Choose God. Choose God. Choose the things of God. And you'll find all the things. You'll find all the things. God has blessed me. I'll not lie to you. God has blessed me. I'm blessed. I don't need to come here to be blessed. I'm blessed. God has blessed me. From the church. From the church. From the church. I'm blessed. The church that God has used me to build, there is nothing that the church cannot do for me. No. There's nothing. It's easy. It's very easy. It's very easy. So, pastors, we must not throw away our volunteers. If we do that, we are killing the Christian doctrine of sacrifice. There must be sacrifice in the church. We must, we must let our young women and our young men go out to plant churches, go out on missions like these young ones on their own. On their own. And you see, if we the pastors stand in the pulpit and we teach them, they will go. One time, a bishop of a very big church invited my senior bishop, Bishop Eddie, and myself to go and train some people for him. In the course of the training, training lay pastors for him. The people told us, we have sat in this church for 15 years. It was a very old church. We have sat in this church for 15 years. We have sat in this church for 20 years. And we have never been given the opportunity to do what we are talking about. They said, rather, we have sat in this church and we have been criticizing and memorizing against our bishop all these years. We didn't know that as bankers, as teachers, as doctors, as engineers, as business people, we can also go and start a church and pastor church. They say, we didn't know. Pastors, your people, if you train them, if you release them, they'll go and do the work of God. They'll go. How many of you go? How many of you go? Can I see your hand? How many of you? How many church members? If your pastors train you, go. Ah, look at them. They'll go. They will go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I have a big hallelujah? God is, God is changing your mind. Mighty things are done by the wisdom of God. They looked at Jesus in Mark chapter 6. And they said, from whence has this man such wisdom? That such great and mighty works are done. By him. Hallelujah. So the lay ministry is wisdom. Every pastor here, every bishop here, God is giving you wisdom. Lay ministry. You reject it, you are going to kill your ministry. Hallelujah. Alright. I am talking about why the lay ministry is important. Number one, it is a biblical principle. Number two, great historical achievements were carried out by lay people. Number three, since lay ministry is a voluntary ministry, the church's income can be available, can be made available for other ministry developments. Church planting, missions, parachurch, eh? orphanages, hospitals, health to the needy, health to the blind. You know, Bishop Doug, listen to this. Every month, 
He, he has set up a ministry organization. It's called a cardboard. And every month, one of the things that they do is that they go through the city of uh, uh, Accra and register beggars on the streets. They register them. And every month, they gather all of them into one of the church buildings at the Kodesh. Have a service for them and then give them an allowance for the month. Can you imagine the number of beggars in Accra? Not only that. He has a ministry to the prisons. He has been renovating most of the the, the barracks at the police station. You know, when the police arrest you, they put you at Katabak. There's, there's a, a prison right there. And they are very, very bad. Over the years, he has been renovated. The main prison, one of the main prisons, he's gone there to go and do renovations. He's looking after the blind people in Ghana. He's made textbooks textbooks for the blind people in Ghana. Send them to the schools. And many more. Now, I want to ask you a question. Somebody who is doing crusades, that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. He is also doing this. He is also building churches. He is also sending missionaries. So where does he get the money to do all this? Where does he get the money? Why does he also go deposit somewhere? There's no gold deposit somewhere. What he has done is that majority of his pastors, he doesn't pay them. They are working for the Lord out of their heart. And therefore, there's a large income available to be able to carry out all these ministries. For 14 years, I was not paid a cent. Now that I'm a full-time pastor, the church looks after me. But for 14 years, and I remember my wife and myself and our better church buildings. We did so much. We always give a lot of money to the church. On our own. As lay pastors. You're all very quiet. Hallelujah. Number four. Lay ministry allows the biblical principle of sacrifice to be in the church. Do you have that one? We have spoken about it. Okay. Number five. Lay ministry makes available a large army of workers to help the pastor. Very important. Lay ministry makes available a large army of workers to help the pastor. Please come with me to Exodus chapter 18. And can you please stand to your feet? Please stand to your feet, please. Please stand to your feet. Wow. Are we blessed? Are we being trained? Bishop, please sit. Are we being trained? How many of you feel that God is speaking to you? Huh? God is speaking to you. Listen to me. Some of you who are blessed, working in different places. If you don't listen to what I'm saying, even God can cut off your ears. 
or yes. He can cut off your yes. Because you see, why are you alive? Why do you think you are alive? The people who are dead and gone, are you better than them? Careful. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. Now, in Exodus chapter 18, in the desert, Moses' father-in-law visited him and gave him some advice. And before I go into that, let me sidetrack a little and speak to those of you in ministry, pastors, especially assistant pastors, who lead your senior pastors. You have to be careful. There are two ways of leaving your senior pastor. The first way is the Jacob type of way of living. And the second way is the Moses type of way of living. Jacob's senior pastor was his uncle Laban. How did Jacob leave? One day he suddenly left Took everything, no bye-bye. Even his wife stole some of the senior pastor's properties. So you steal the church members, you steal some of the equipment, see everything. And then he left. Moses, when God called him, he was serving his senior pastor Jethro. Do you remember? He was looking after the sheep of Jethro. When God called him, he went to his senior pastor Jethro and said, God has called me. And his senior pastor released him of his blessing. Years later on, not years later, but in the case of Jacob, his senior pastor chased him and said, why have you stolen my sheep? Why have you stolen my instruments? Why have you stolen? What have you done? And then he told him, do you know that I could have cursed you? When you live the way Jacob lives. You expose yourself to curses. But years later, Moses' senior pastor, because of the way Moses left, visited him and gave him advice. Even if you have to live, you have to live in such a way that your senior pastor can still be involved in the ministry that you are going to do. That was just a little advice. So, Jethro visits his um, son-in-law, Moses. They exchange pleasantries. Alright? And I want us to pick it from verse 13. I want to read myself, please. Exodus chapter 18 from verse 13. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? Why all these people stand around you from morning to evening? Pastors, you are not supposed to be doing the ministry alone. You are not supposed to be the only pastor preaching, teaching, 
required, candidate administrative issues, pastor's case issues, everything. You move here, you go here, you are here, you are there, you are dying, pastor. You are dying. And your ministry is very small. Your ministry is very small. Your ministry can never be big. Can never be big. For as long as it depends only on you, your ministry can never be big. Can I, yeah. Can never be big. You must release an army of volunteers, lay pastors, lay workers to help you. I was telling the other time, okay, when I gather my volunteers, my lay workers in church, there are over 600 of them at my cathedral. Not in my churches that I oversee. I oversee over 400 churches. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about at my cathedral. Over 600 of them. These are the people who are helping me to run cells all over. Cells. Mini churches. We, we have cells and then we also even have what we call satellite churches, which are like small, small, small churches in different corners. They have 20 people, 30 people, 25 people. You know, the cells are much smaller. 10 people, 12 people, 15 people, 8 people, 7 people. The, the satellite churches, you know, are a little bigger. 25, 30, 40 people. I have about 80 of that. Over 250 of the cells. Am I going to be able to do all that? Every cell group has a leader and an assistant. How am I going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to do that? On a Sunday morning, my lay workers rise up early in the morning, 4 a.m., 4.35, they are on the field. With buses, mobilizing their people to come to church. How can I alone do that? Bible scholars estimate that there were between 2.5 to 3 million Jews who left Egypt. So, Reverend Dr. Moses had like 3 million people in his church. And from the morning to the evening, he sat alone as a judge. This one will come and say, my children's school fees. This one will say that my child has diarrhea. This one will say that, I don't know, my neighbor has been looking at my wife too much. This one said, this one paid, came for money, debt, he didn't pay. This one said that, problems. Pastors, don't we have problems in the church? Can you imagine? He sat there. So, his father-in-law said, when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered him, listen to this. Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, a dispute, it is brought to me. And I decide between parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. That is true. But you are not the only man of God. Stop making yourself pastor, champion, superman. The superman mentality in the churches must go away. The celebrity, celebrity, when you are right, you are, you are, you are like, you know, when you are right, we don't know who you are. Whether you are a pastor or you are a president, who has arrived? 
pastors. The pomposity is too much. Pomposity. Whenever, whenever pastors come to Ghana to attend Bishop Dags, give thyself holy. It used to be called the ISI. Now it's called give thyself holy. And I want to invite all of you pastors. First week of August, Tuesday to Friday. Come to Ghana. Alright, if you are here you want to come, please. You can contact Bishop Lagard or uh, uh, Bishop uh, Sam Jolly, and they will show you how to come. But come. Whenever they come for the conference, you see, they are shocked by a few things. The first thing that shocks them is the complex. It's a huge complex. One of the biggest church complexes in the whole of Africa. It hits them. And number two, the number of people who gather Pastors from all over the world. I mean, if by six, seven, you are not seated, you cannot get a place in a huge auditorium. But the thing that hits them most, the thing that hits them most, is when Bishop Dag appears. Because now, based on what they have seen, they are expecting a convoy of 72 cars. Did you see what? With bodyguards. I mean, if you in your 25 member church, you have five bodyguards. Then a pastor eh, of thousands, when he's coming, his bodyguards must be about 200. Look, you ask them. He just come in his African batik shirt like this one. Like this. Like this. With a simple shoe. It's finished. No chains. Hey, pastors, we can dress up. <laughs> Modern day pastor. You should see our gold chains and our gold rings. And then we are coming. Pastor, bishop, bishop, apostle, prophet, vice God, vice God, deputy God. Put all those things aside. Put all those things aside. Get to the job. Train the people. Go and witness. Plan churches. Great missions. <laughs> the man drives a pickup. Do you understand what a pickup is? Pickup. Yeah. I drive the latest Nissan petrol. Latest. When you sit in it, it's like a plane. He drives a pickup. You see, pastors, you are driving a Benz and your church is in a dirty classroom. You are a fool. That's all that I can say. You are a fool, Pastor. And I didn't mention your name. So don't be angry. If it is you, just look straight. Keep on smiling. Nobody will know. Give me three A's. 
group of when you come to church, the pastor is preaching and it is you. Don't be angry because everybody will see that it's you. So you say keep smiling. <laughs> but the truth is that you are fool. Yeah. We have a great pastor in Ghana, Reverend Istud Anaba. One of the greatest pastors in Ghana. His, he, his ministry is in the north of Ghana. And the north of Ghana is very poor. Very, very poor. Southern Ghana is far richer in developed than the north. But since he started ministry, somewhere in the early 80s, he said, the Lord called me to be in the north. He has been there. Look, he travels all over Ghana. He travels all over the world. A very wild, anointed preacher. Eh? And for years, he's been preaching for our, our church. So every time I go to the north, I'll go and visit him. Look, for years, he lived in a rented apartment, a rented house. For years, I'm talking about something like maybe 20 years. And you know what he was doing? He was building churches. Right there in the desert, he has built one of the biggest cathedrals you can find in Ghana. With other buildings and schools. Planted churches all over. And he did all that whilst he was living in a rented house. And when he finished building all that, then now he built a house for himself. His wife. His wife. How many of you are good at his wife? Yeah. And you are a fool. Because you have not built, you have not even bought a land for your church. You have not even, you have been in ministry for 10 years, 15 years, not even two plus of land, three, four of land. When you started in the classroom 15 years ago, you remained there. And look at you. You are traveling to London. You are traveling to Germany. You are going here. You are going here. You bought a nice four-wheel drive. With air condition. You are enjoying. And your church is in the dust. You are not wise. That is why your ministry is very small. And I'm not going to reduce the bar. Jesus never reduced the bar. Somebody came to Jesus. And said, I want to come and follow you. But my father's funeral. Is it your father's funeral? Let the dead bury their dead. Come and follow me. Yes. We cannot reduce the bar. The ministry is far more important than anything that you are doing in your life. My God. It took God's only begotten son. To come to save us. And if God has called you as a pastor, wisen up and do the ministry properly. Stop wasting the church's money on yourself. That is why some of you, your junior pastors, cannot stay because your type of leadership is a bad leadership. It's a bad leadership. 
Nobody prospers under you. Nobody. You are the only one. You have the best car. You have a good house. You have the best. But your, your junior pastors live in debt, in shanty houses. You call yourself a bishop, a, an apostle, a senior pastor, a founder, but nobody prospers under you. You are a bad leader. Yeah, badly. That's why your ministry is small. When we're a leader, take everybody to the top. Bishop Dark carries the title bishop. He has consecrated another system of his pastor that he trained. He trained me as a pastor. He laid his hands on me. I didn't even, I didn't even know that I was going to be a pastor. He called me one day. In the 90s. He said, he said Dr. Antefo, the grace of God is upon your life. You are a pastor. Because I was always moving around, preaching, teaching. You know, but I was a doctor. He laid his hand. He trained me. I sat at his feet. I've, I've sat at his feet eh, for 20-something years. Appointed me as a pastor, ordained me as a minister, and consecrated me as a bishop. Many years ago, to carry the same title that is on him. Bishop that does not carry the title Archbishop. He carried the title Bishop. Bishop. All of us. So when we meet all of us bishops, we have met. We have to be wise to know that we are all bishops, but there are different bishops. Hello? By you. That is why people are running away from you. Yeah. There are many senior pastors, bishops, prophets, and also titles. Titles. Pastors, we love titles. You call yourself a bishop. What makes you a bishop? Who concentrated you a bishop? Who identified you? Who is your father? Is that you a bishop? He put so much pressure on me. I went to preach for him. When I entered the church, number one, he has his service in somebody's church. So the person has the church services. When he goes, then he will come and have his service. And the program invited me. These are the people, the people in the church, his church. That is. And then many of them were my church members who followed me to the place. That's a bishop. That is why the world is laughing at us. We are making the world to laugh at us. We have become like jokers. You see a man like this. Look at the work that he has done. The first day when I come, I said, Bishop, God bless you. God bless you. The churches, the pastors. I was sitting there, he was mentioning the pastors. This one, the church here. Listen, this is a bishop. 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 And now, pastors, another thing that we like is to add doctor. 
has nothing to do with being called a doctor. No. No. Hello? Jesus said, let your light so shine that men will see your works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Paul said, this honor taketh no man unto himself except he that is called as was Aaron. The title bishop, apostle, prophet, these are things that are confirmed based on your established callings. Apostle King was telling me he travels all over, reviving churches, strengthening churches, Europe, up and down, going back. He's doing apostolic ministry. That's why he's carrying the title, apostle. You see a pastor of one church. 25 members, it's called Apostle. You see, I told you you should tell Bishop Tayo, you should invite me back home. These are the messages I preach. Because these are the, the anointing that I follow. These are the messages that he preaches. So when I go vote, uh, Bishop, thank you for bringing me for the first I don't bring him again. The things he's saying, we are not used to them. But how many of you love me? How many of you love me? Oh, clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people will come, and these people who come to you will only wear out themselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Pastor! Bishop Tyler, don't try to do the work alone. You can't handle it. That's why God has given you people. Train them, raise them up, and send them. I was very happy when Bishop Laga was telling me, send me a test. He started so many cells. Wow! I was so happy. And these are people who have been sitting in the church. And they can work for the Lord. They can't. Our people want to work for the Lord. And we should give them the opportunity. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. So pastors, God is giving us advice. You must be the people's representative before God. And bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions. And show them the way they are to live. And how they are to behave. But select, listen to this, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, who hate this honest game, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, and God so commands, the ministry, the lay ministry.
ministry is the commandment of God. It's not a man's idea. You'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Hallelujah. Hmm? So that point was about lay ministry makes available a large army of workers to help the pastor. Exodus 18. Number six. Lay ministry allows all the gifts in the local church to be used. Romans 12, 6 and 8. You see, in the church, there are people that God has given them different gifts. Some can preach, some can teach, some are evangelists, some are, can prophesy. We need to make all those gifts available. Hallelujah. And finally, number seven, if the lay ministry is not promoted, the Christian virtue of faithfulness will not be seen. If the lay ministry is not promoted, the Christian virtue of faithfulness will not be seen. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Hallelujah. So why is the lay ministry important? Number one, it is a biblical principle. We saw it in Paul, Daniel, and all these people. Number two, great historical achievements were carried out by lay people. I told you about the churches, the Reformation, Church of Pentecost, Redeemed Church of God, Lighthouse Chapel International, the Methodist Church, the American Revolution, the French Revolution, democracy, all these things were done by lay people. Number three, since lay ministry is a voluntary ministry, the church's income can be made available for other ministry development. How many pastors understood that part? Yeah. Some of you want to go out to resign and go into lay ministry. Number four, lay ministry allows the biblical principle of sacrifice to be in the church. Number five, lay ministry makes available a large army of workers to help the pastor. Number six, lay ministry allows all the gifts in the local church to be used. And number seven, if the lay ministry is not promoted, the Christian virtue of faithfulness will not be seen. But lift up your hands and thank God for this wonderful wisdom that he has given to you. Can you all stand to your feet, please? Stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Can we stand, please? Let's stand. Lift up your hands and pray and thank God for this wisdom. Lift up your hands and pray. Thank God for this wisdom. Thank God for the revelation of this great wisdom. Pastors. Oh, yes. 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 Church growth. Expansion. Cannot be made possible without the involvement of lay people. Father, help us to train our lay people. Raise them up. Thank you, Lord. Touch their hearts, O God. And cause them, Lord, to respond to the call of the ministry. We give you praise. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral Collegon, opposite the Collegon main gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our vibrant youth church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 
to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify your name.